0: Guest Boogie Podcast contains explicit language and content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Hello, hi, welcome to the guest Boogie podcast where two married guys share stories of paranormal encounters, urban legends, true crime, and other scary things from around the world. I'm Andres and I'm Kevin and we're incredibly boring this month. I don't think anything's happened. Has there? Hmm. No, I mean, happy birthday, Selena Quintanilla. Yeah. And That's then the only thing. <laughs> happy spring, spring, happy March spring. 20th. Yeah. So to now, so we're in spring now. Uh my allergies are killing me. Actively. Pollen oh, is no. Pollen is flying at me with daggers, trying to stab me every time I leave the house. Yeah, it does do that. Yeah. Um a lot going on with nurses right now. In like this what? case uh with Rhonda. I think her name's Rhonda. But the hospital group that's uh allowing her to be charged for um, manslaughter. It's either manslaughter or homicide. But um, the other night, they're so short staffed because a lot of their staff has quit because they make them work in these and under these like conditions where it's like promoting errors to happen. Basically, they had 50 travel nurses scheduled to arrive at a hospital for their shift and not not one of those 50 nurses showed up. Oh, so like what? nobody's fucking with this hospital group anymore with. I don't know anything that's happening. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, and then I've been seeing a lot on TikTok where, like, people will post, like, getting messages from, like, recruiters saying, like, hey, we've got a $20,000 startup bonus. Like, if you come work for this hospital blah, blah, blah. And, like, basically all the nurses that are getting these offers are saying, does this position come with a good lawyer or not? Oh. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's getting kind of serious. So. And I think this. This is going to set a precedence for um, for nurses and holding and them being held accountable for hospitals exploiting their workers. Basically, errors, human errors, right? Errors happen. People make mistakes, but when you're working under like severe conditions, errors are more likely to happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, working under extreme stress, errors are more likely to happen. Working so many days straight without a day off errors errors like and then during the pandemic it's just been it just has not been a good time at all whatsoever
1: yeah. i mean there was already a short uh a nurse shortage
0: before the pandemic so i'm, I'm pretty sure now people are going to be thinking rethinking and triple rethinking about becoming a nurse mm-hmm. so that's kind of depressing any like, good news has
1: been going on i uh, see you on tiktok all the time
0: yeah, I do be doing that, though.
1: Anything positive you would like to mention before we jump into the... Um,
0: cats are beautiful little babies that need to be protected. That's true. I... More and more, I drink the cat Kool-Aid and I love, I love... I fall a little bit deeper in love with my cats. And strangers' cats. And neighborhood cats. And stray cats. And feral cats. I know I mentioned that I'm not much of a dog person but recently
1: i'm like well earlier today so we went out to this uh food truck thing there were so many dogs and i wanted to pet all of them
0: but i'm like oh no 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 i can't i can't do that he's having the time of his life they were so fucking cute they're all wearing like sweaters and sweatpants or hoodies and stuff it was kind of cold today like out of nowhere Mm -hmm. it's been like what on friday so yeah today's saturday for us yesterday was friday and yesterday we went out to a lake that's close by to us and we went like jogging and it was like 85 degrees interesting um yeah
1: you bought um a plant today which is a little weird because i was not expecting it to be cold as it was today it's april
0: it is april that is Strange, but not uncommon. Pretty far in April, and it's like, was like fifty degrees or something. Oh, also, my sister
1: Carla is gonna come visit us. And ever since I've moved to Oklahoma, I have not had any family members, any friends, no visitors visit me. So this is gonna be like, the first time. It's literally been ten years, but you know that's fine. You get to
0: show them all the things that we don't have. I'm like, (laughs) look at our beach look at the sand look at the ocean this is where i come to cry yeah we don't have this is where i come when i'm hungry we don't (laughs) we have pretty good restaurants here honestly but not any asian restaurants it's mostly new american restaurants are pretty good tex-mex pretty good no tex-mex pretty good no mexican food not good Goodbye. I don't know why people are literally impressed by a restaurant that serves them chips, salsa, and cheese. Like I'm just like, <laughs> like and cheese. Okay, mm-hmm. like I'm like this fits mm-hmm. the aesthetic of re- of a Tex-Mex restaurant. Like I wanna, I wanna clarify this. I love Tex-Mex food. Oh my god. I am a lover of Tex-Mex food. I love it. I can't believe you've done this. I think of it as a total separate cuisine from Mexican food. It was easier for me to cu- compartmentalize. That Tex-Mex is its own thing. It's mm-hmm. very American. It's like a, you know, it's a, it's a southern style of cooking that is inspired by flavors of Mexico, right? And that has helped me enjoy the food better. Okay. Is that Mexican food to me? It is not. Makes sense. It's its own thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Mexican food with American flavor, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And they do that very well here. I will say that. But Mexican restaurants serving chips and queso, that's not very Mexican of them, (laughs) first of all. Question mark? Question mark. And then, like, I don't know. I even feel like Mexican restaurants here pander a lot to, like, American people and serve them Tex-Mex anyways. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't think of a restaurant, like, off the top of my head that actually serves, like, authentic Mexican food.
1: Oh, well, I kind of mentioned that, like, a few days ago when we were driving somewhere, I'm like, they're opening up a new restaurant, like, not too far from where we live, and they have, like, very cartoonish characters, like, like some guy with, like, a sombrero and, like, a mustache and wearing a poncho and, like, cactuses. Like, the aesthetic is just weird, and it's like we know who you're pandering to and it's a little weird.
0: And it's not us. You're literally not not pandering to us.
1: Which is fine. Get your money the way you want, I guess. Right,
0: but it's just kind of very feeding into the stereotype. (laughs) Yes. Very on the nose. And I'm
1: like, I don't look like that. Actually, I do. But that's not what I wear.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I do appreciate that a lot of... So, What I've noticed, though, is like Older generation, boomers, Gen Xers, fucking will eat that shit up. They're like, mm, this Mexican restaurant, quote unquote, serving me chips and queso, quote unquote. The best mm-hmm. Mexican restaurant. So good. Yim, 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 yim. They just eat that shit up, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have like Gen Zers or like younger millennials that are like, nah, man, that fucking taco truck. That authentic ass taco truck that I drive from Edmond all the way to the south side of OKC to eat hmm that's my shit and i feel like that that's happening a lot more often because have you noticed that there's food trucks everywhere in okc now um
1: i'm not aware of that happening because i don't really pay attention but i have noticed that okc has a large amount of food trucks which yes. is a good thing because they recently closed down blue garden and it was like a
0: how would you describe it uh, like a hangout spot.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like a hangout spot outside where it was primarily. Um, they only offer alcohol, like beer and alcohol, but they have a section where food trucks can park.
0: Right, they would like get these food trucks. They would like rotate them out every so often, Mm -hmm. and so there'd be two or three new ones all the time. Mm -hmm. It was like maximum three or four, I think yeah but like they would switch them out and it was like it's like this outdoor area it's very like picnic table you can take your dogs um not very much rain cover it's literally outside but they have tvs they have like cornhole they have like outdoor games mm-hmm. and so a lot of people like love going there and hanging out and well it this, closed so well yeah they used to and but like the food was good you remember that one time we ate f- the filipino f- the filipino food from the filipino food truck mm-hmm. that shit was good yep i was about to say something chuggy
1: oh no don't say that
0: <laughs> not by saying chuggy i'm chuggy nobody says yeah anymore. it was
1: it was good and i feel like okc has a tendency to make food trucks and then just kind of park somewhere and then update their location, like, on Facebook or something. So it's, it's a pretty, pretty cool thing we got over here, you know? Yeah.
0: I feel like we need more Mexican street vendors, but I feel like we're not there yet.
1: Yeah. Oh, the thing I miss about Chicago is going to, like, in the summer, going down to the lake and... Um, Getting
0: a cup of fruit?
1: Yeah, a cup of fruit. That's what I mean here. A cup of corn. That's what we need here. A cup of raspado. Like, yeah. The last time we went, where were we driving? We were driving from the hospital back home. And <laughs> my mom saw a food vendor and I was
0: like, oh, I want some. And she literally pulled over. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the middle of a neighborhood. Yep. They were just serving uh, fruit in a cup with uh, chile, limon, and tajin.
1: Yeah. That was so good.
0: Yes, Sorry. but that, that's what I mean. That's what we need. Like yes. we need more like corn vendors. We need more yep. fruit vendors. We oh, need more. Absolutely, like and the, street vendors. And the um, there's a,
1: paletero that drives by our house. In our neighborhood. Leo fucking loves him. Oh my god! Every time okay, he hears a so little ring, 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 thing he's thing like, is, he's on the type of, um, paletas thing where it's part bike.
0: You Do you, you guys to, know what I'm talking about? You like, to, you have to like push it's it. a little
1: cart. Like, before, it's like a little cart where it, you kind of walk with it. Well, this guy, it's attached to a bike. So he's fucking zooming down the street. So by, by the time I hear him, I, like, get up and run to the door, and he's already down the street. He's already done a block.
0: Sometimes I feel so sad for Leo cuz he fucking hears the little ring 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 mm. and then he fucking runs to the window and he just sees like the silhouette of the man yes. coming by. <laughs> That's and exactly Leo has how always like loved running to the window and watching the ice cream. I don't think he knows what it is, no. but he hears like the ring 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 and he's just like, "Oh shit. Oh shit, I have to go to the I window." I think it
1: reminds him of that fish thing that he with fills the up with water and slams it against the wall and has like a bell on it yeah because
0: it is bells
1: it's Throw not back like- to the hannah montana boot
0: plush quit <laughs> fucking bringing that shit up that's so nasty <laughs> you were nasty for that go look at our instagram i'm sorry um
1: i think that's what it reminds him of Blech. i'm sorry I, we're, we're getting a little sidetracked do you want to just jump into the story
0: <laughs> I, I mean i would love to but my fucking computer decided to do something oh my god yeah, i told you it like does whatever it wants it's like you want to update now? I said like, no. I said update? remind me and I remind <laughs> me in 2 hours and what did it do? Turned off by it's like, itself. how about right now. <laughs> it said no, we're doing this now. Guys, keep in mind my laptop's like a few years old and I had no idea. So I have a friend that's in IT, her name's Sarah. Hi Sarah. Sarah N, I don't want to say your last name. Hi. If you listen to us, if you don't, that's fine. I don't care. But anyways, so she was like if you spend like $300 on a laptop it's only going to be good for two years. Mm-hmm. If you spend 400 to like $700, it's going to last you three or four years. Mm-hmm. If you spend thousands of dollars, that laptop is going to, is going to last you up to seven years. The parts okay. in the laptop are meant to break down in that time span. And I feel like my laptop is on its last legs, even though I haven't used it all that much. And I'm very disappointed that this is the quality that they give us. To go buy more shit that's almost a thousand dollars when did yeah. i buy it like 2018 2017 something like that
1: i honestly don't remember around what I did yesterday eight, so.
0: around that time i feel like i had a fucking desktop computer that like lasted through the fucking i got it in 1998 and it lasted all the way through the new millennium until what like the, fuck? <laughs> the later 2000s. They had laptops in 98. No, it was like a, it's just a desktop, <laughs> like a tower computer. Oh. <laughs> it was a compact they Presario. They had back in 98? Yeah, we did. It was a compact Presario. It was one that was like, I chose the color and it was blue. And what it had the two the little fuck? speakers on the sides and you could hook the speakers onto the monitor so it looked like it had little ears on the sides.
1: Living luxuriously. Oh yes. That computer was expensive.
0: When for I that, was younger, we had
1: For that um, for that time. We had a computer that had like floppy discs as games or like as programs. And there was always like a few games that I saw Carla playing and I wanted to play them too, but I didn't know how to read. So, I was over
0: here fighting for my life, trying to find the right, <laughs> find the right floppy, floppy to put disk. Floppy disk, yep. Oh my god. I remember playing uh, After Dark games.
1: Let's not do that.
0: Um, and what those games were is like you were a fucking toaster and you were flying through a house trying to like miss obstacles. I don't know if anybody will know what I'm talking about. And then also, there was like the Hula Hoop Girl game. And then there was also the lawnmower game where the lawnmower was being chased by a zombie, if I correct, if I remember correctly, but you had to mow the lawn at the same time and finish before the zombie caught you. There was a bunch of fun games on it. A lot of fun games, but it was called After Dark Games. And I don't know why that sounds like not safe for children, but there were children's (laughs) games. (laughs) It did sound a little funky when I said it is, but they're called After Dark Games. Hmm. So that was fun. No, I
1: I didn't take it that way. It reminded me of, like, Nick at Night. And I'm like, okay.
0: I think this is the type of energy that they were going for in naming the games that. I think. Are you
1: going to pull up your notes on your phone?
0: Alright. So, what I have for you guys today is Desierto de los Leones. Have you ever heard of this? Mm, A little bit. I just know it's located in Mexico. Yes. It's right outside of Mexico City. Mm -hmm. So, and... To me, like, what I understood, it's kind of like, well, it's a national park. I almost want to say it's like Central Park in New York, but it's not like that because it's, like, very much, like, wild. Like remote. Yes, it's remote. Um, so today I got my information from Atlas Obscura, uh, El Phonograph.mx, El Universal.com, and Cultura Colectiva. And there are an insurmountable amount of YouTube videos that you can watch today i kind of just gathered some information some interesting things that happened there and i might link some youtube videos to the very interesting videos that i've watched about this area after all right so contrary to what the name suggests desierto de leones is neither a desert nor are there any lions rather it is the name of both mexico's first national park and the abandoned convent that lies within its forests the origin of the name instead reputedly comes from the forest remote locations outside mexico city And because the Spaniard settlers were surprised at the number of puma that they encountered in the area, which they called lions. Today, however, things have changed. The puma have become extinct in those forests, and urban sprawls keep creeping even closer into the forest. Though the puma are gone, plenty of wildlife is still out there. There's coyotes, bobcats, white-tailed deers, raccoons, and foxes. However... uh, these are rarely seen by visitors and is more likely that you will see reptiles and amphibians such as rattlesnakes, salamanders, birds of prey, horned owls, and hawks. Aww. Going back to like birds of prey. But um, so that's pretty common to see um, a lot of birds. Mm-hmm. The park is is home to more than 100 species of birds, 30 different kinds of mammals, seven species of amphibians, and nine of reptiles. If you have the patience to simply sit and wait, you will find you will often find yourself visited by one of the lowly forest creatures that, that make parks that make this park their homes. Mm-hmm. For bird lovers, in particular, this park is a virtual wonderland. You will see a bunch of different species of birds. Uh, getting to the Cierto de los Leones is slightly difficult. The best and fastest option is to take a registered taxi or Uber from San Angel, which will drop you off at the entrance. Make sure you talk to the driver and schedule to be picked up when you're finished at the park. Bring some warm clothes, and it is almost always cold, misty, and humid due to the forest microclimate. If you are hungry, there are several very good and cheap places to eat and have a coffee at the entrance just outside the convent. Be mindful of stepping on rattlesnakes while walking in the forest during the summer months. And do not risk eating any of the fungi found on the trails, many of which look like magic mushrooms but are actually very toxic. Oh
1: my god. (laughs) When you said it. When you said, um, if you get hungry, I thought you were going to mention, like, there's stuff in the forest you can eat. No, don't eat anything in the forest. No,
0: absolutely not. These woods were actually never settled by the Aztecs. They preferred to occupy lakesides, although there is a lot of evidence that has been found in the forest that suggests that er earlier civilizations actually used this forest to hunt deer and other game. It wasn't until the arrival of the Spanish that be, uh, that people began to live in the area in, in any numbers. In 1606, the Catholic Carmelite Order of Barefoot Monks chose to build their convent here due to its peaceful surroundings and dis- distance from the city, which made it ideal for meditation and retreat. Life for the monks who occupied the building would have simply been often harsh due to the vow of poverty, silence, and chastity they had to take. In addition to the vow of silence, they, the... They prohibited the monks from communicating with each other. They were also required to walk barefoot, which must have been very unpleasant considering the terrain, the dangerousness of rattlesnakes and scorpions, and the often cold temperatures. In the day, it could be 80 degrees. At night, it's definitely going to be like 40. So there's like a huge fluctuation. Mm -hmm. It's just like where the area is. Uh, The convent eventually was abandoned in 1810 partly due to the deterioration and collapse of the building as a result of the near-constant humidity from as well as the War of Independence against Spanish reaching the outskirts of the forest. After being used as a military barrack, the area was declared a forest reserve in 1876 and became Mexico's first national park. However, many contended that the monks never really went away, and the convent ruins are surrounded by urban legends about the supernatural. Over the years... Many visitors have reported seeing the the ghosts of barefooted and hooded monks and feeling the presence of a sinister and unseen entity watching them. Those who enter this mysterious place become witnesses to the paranormal phenomena for which it is known. Many speak of its corridors in which the cries of the victims of the 1705 earthquake which leveled the building can supposedly be heard. So I was like, what are they talking about? Supposedly in 1705, there was a huge earthquake Mm -hmm. and a lot of people that were harmed were brought to the monastery to heal. So a lot oh of people God. died in the monastery and part of the monastery actually fell because of the earthquake. So there was a lot going on and this took a little bit of digging because obviously 1705, the record keeping was not that great. So another space that gives uh, people something to talk about is a dining room where many, many have claimed to seen chairs that move like being pulled out from under tables and pulled back in mm-hmm. as if people are getting up and leaving their seat when they're done eating or when they're sitting down. As well as, um, like, candlelight. People will see candlelight walking around in the monastery, like, when there's oh nobody God. in there. And this so, is... Sorry. Oh, you
1: just answered it. But this is in the monastery? Yes. So is it still in function, or is it kind of, like,
0: ruined? You can visit it. Like, you can okay. tour it. But mm. I don't, like... And I think that they do have... At some point, they still use it for prayer sometimes, but, like, it's abandoned now. So... That's the word. Yeah. Okay. Abandoned. Let do, me...
1: Sorry. I want to look at a a picture What it's, is it called? it's
0: actually pretty nice they do have people that come out and like watch the grounds mm-hmm. and like keep it and it's a historical site now so it's yeah. like they have to take care of it to make sure that it doesn't fall into further disrepair what, what is it called I'm sorry it's called um, Desierto de los Leones it's the mm-hmm. mon- uh, Monasterio Monasterio Monasterio
1: I think Monasterio oh
0: the monastery. Oh, okay, yes. This is very pretty. It was named something else, and then they changed the name to El Desierto de los Leones. Yeah. The name before was a full-ass, long-ass name.
1: Very Catholic of them.
0: Yes, a very Catholic name.
1: Yeah. Right now it's just called Ex Convento de Desierto de los Leones. Yes. The ex convent. Wow.
0: Okay, sorry, continue. Okay, so after seeing the candlelight, seeing the, the lights go on and off, keep in mind, there's no electricity in these buildings. Mm-hmm. This is old as building in the middle of nowhere, okay? Others assure that if you achieve total silence, you can actually hear chants and prayers of the extinct monks.
1: Was there something that happened to the monks?
0: Like, besides the earthquakes? Basically, like, it just fell into disrepair. No, I meant like, why are they ghosts? Well, they died there. Oh. Yeah. Obviously, like you go, you be a monk, mm-hmm. and then you get sick and you die at the monastery. Oh. Okay, You're buried okay. in the grounds.
1: I understand. Okay. Yeah.
0: If you think that's creepy, they actually have like catacomb-like underbelly under the monastery, and in the basement down there, you can actually hear like cries of pr- cries and prayers at night. it emanates sometimes you can even actually hear it from the outside of the monastery supposedly like if you're visiting you're in there after hours Mm -hmm. and oh and here's another thing a lot i in a lot of places that i saw suggested you don't go after dark you they're like once the sun starts going i get the fuck out like immediately oh my god because there's still bobcats out there oh (laughs) because there are um a lot of like sex and like religious groups that do um, black magic out there satanists like people that are believed to be cannibals go out there to do what basically a lot of people disappear here like if you go here by yourself to go jogging there's hiking trails there's there's jogging trails people go out there and bike it's a natural i mean it's A a national park it's a national park people go do things but people do disappear here what the so fun? they're like, uh, be careful because something's in the woods. Another thing that I do want to mention is that uh-uh. <clears throat> it's not like a forest that you like when you think of a forest, like you think about when we go hiking, right? Mm-hmm. There's a clearly marked trail, you can't walk off the trail because the foliage is too big sometimes. Like, you can tell that there's it's not a trail, right? Yeah, well, in this forest, this forest is full of pine, and I don't know if you've knew if you knew this before, but pine needles are slightly acidic. So when pine trees shed their pines on the floor, it litters the ground. And the acidity starts to, like, obviously, like, they start to decay. The acidity goes into the ground. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that can grow on the ground is the pine trees themselves. So they take care of giving themselves space and nutrients around them by using their pine needles.
1: And they, like, kind of kill off the other plants have you on.
0: ever noticed that when you look at a pine tree like the area beneath it is kind of clean there's yeah. never like stuff up on mm. uh, up under it like no um ferns or grass or anything grass like that because they're acidic oh my god i didn't know that yes so whenever you look at pictures of the like the national park here mm-hmm. it's hard to tell what's a trail and what's not because the ground is clear like it looks like you can walk everywhere it's like an open forest yeah there's not like grass that's like Oh, I probably shouldn't step over there because that's like tall grass. I can't go over there. That's obviously not a trail. Mm -hmm. That's not the case here. If you walk off the trail, you're probably going to get lost. And it's a bunch of hectares of land, which is what they use to measure land in Mexico rather than acres like how we do here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody was aware, but in other places, they use hectares or hectares or whatever, (laughs) however you say them. Hector. Hector. A man named Hector comes out and he measures. And he says, yep. And he says, this is a (laughs) lot of land right here. That's good. Yep. That is one unit. Yep. A lot of people say that the quiet in this forest sometimes is unnatural. Like it's muffled. Like your hearing is muffled when you're out there. Oh my god. It almost sounds like when you watch a movie and there's an explosion and you know that how there's that ringing and, like, the muffled noises before your hearing comes back? It's usually, like, ten seconds when you're watching this movie. hmm That's... People say that it's almost like that. Like, it's just very muffled, like, unnaturally quiet. Like, they understand why it's called El Desierto.
1: When you... Okay, now I'm kind of understanding where it's, like, when they call it Desierto, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's, like, sand yes like it's like it's a sea of trees it's like desert
0: as in like it's deserted
1: yes okay
0: they more refer to it as like the peace the tranquility like just how quiet it was like they refer to it as a desert because when you very when you go to a desert it's very much quiet out there there's no wildlife there's nothing all you can hear is like the blowing of the wind that's it and that's what like these people refer to this area as it's like There's plenty of wildlife. It's fucking quiet. Why aren't the birds singing? Why aren't there like foxes screaming? Why like, why is nothing? Why aren't the foxes screaming? Yeah. Yeah. They they sound fucking scary. They sound like a a woman getting murdered when they scream. Have you ever heard a fox scream before? No. It's kind of scary. So I kind of went into like these religious sects and Satanism and stuff like that. I want to, I want to reiterate that a lot of people disappear and people act the fuck out out here. Mm-hmm. people will act the fuck out. And so this needs me to this leads me to this next uh this article that I found. And I mean, these are insurmountable. You can go look and see like the different types of like police reports from el Desierto de los Leones and they're kind of like a lot. For example, this is the title of the article. Englishman executed with a shot in the head in Desierto de los Leones my god after finishing a bike ride with his wife and dog a citizen of english origin was executed by armed individuals with a gunshot to the head when he was in the in the desierto de los leones in the city hall guajimalpa that's uh that's a word yeah so it was there in that in that seat Mm -hmm. around 2 p.m yesterday a member of the capital city police were alerted to gunshots they immediately went to the scene and found the body of a man identified in the reports of the Ministry of Citizen Security, Maxin Pinishti, 41 years old. Witnesses recount to police officers who observed two subjects on motorcycle drive up parallel to the Englishman when he was re-racking one of his bikes on the back of the truck, and they just shot him. They also That's said high. that they have watched... So this, this was the um, witnesses. Mm-hmm. They also said that they have watched this Englishman regularly partake in outdoor activities there in the park Almost on a daily basis. So this is something that he did regularly biking, walking with his wife and his dog. Yeah. Expert service personnel attended the scene who carried out the first steps and lifted the body. And the corresponding investigation was initiated before the attorney general's office. This was this was not the only criminal act in in this area. Local police officers responded to the call of a man who had two children's coffins left outside of his home in the Alvaro Obregon mayor's office. Through a call, elements of the San Angel sector went to a building on Calle Jardin 84, Tlokopac neighborhood, where they met with a subject identified as Pedro Lopez. According to what was narrated from a Chevy car license plate, I won't say it on the air, but they did report the number, a subject under uh, a guy took out two white coffins for children, left them in front of his house, jumped back in, and drove away. What the... (laughs) so wait where they were like did they have bodies in them that was not reported okay but what the <laughs> fuck is going on here like in this area and i urge anybody that's like more interested look up the police reports found bodies on the side of the road mutilated people like yeah, it's one just of them like- literally
1: as i googled pictures um one of them is Qué miedo, rescatan a tres niñas perdidas en el desierto de los leones. Yeah, so Which it's like how scary. They rescued three girls, or three lost girls in the desierto de
0: los leones. And here's the thing, like so usually when people go missing, they don't find them like they like obviously like the percentage of people being found after they go missing here in the United States in our national parks is really low. Mm-hmm. I want to say that in uh, el desierto de los leones it's even lower it's like almost nothing where when people go missing they're not found mm-hmm. um because they don't have the same amount of uh, resources that we have here and so i mean they just like if somebody's lost they kind of send people to look out and see if they can find anybody and it usually doesn't end well so it's kind of scary so in el desierto de los leones there's a uh, there's kilometer markers just like how here in the United States we have uh mile markers when you're driving, you know, they suddenly like mile markers start coming up when you get into an accident or something and you call the police and they're like what mile marker are you on and they'll you you can tell them and they'll find you. Um so basically they have they have the same thing in Mexico, they're kilometer kilometer markers and there's like this very famous kilometer marker that's called uh kilometro 31 which is kilometer 31. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this there's this article that's uh, called, and I want to say that this story right here is very popular. A lot of people have reported this happening to them because there are a lot of accidents that happen on the curves on the street from Toluca to Mexico City or vice versa, on the way there or on the way back. And so this story is from, uh, I think, Cultura Colectiva. And it's called Aquí Espantan, La Leyenda del Niño Fantasma del Kilómetro 31, which is They Spook You Here, a Legend About the, the Child of uh, Kilometer 31. And here it is. So this was in Spanish, so I had to translate it. When evening falls, the mist lowers, and the figures in the trees seem to draw illusions that could become reality. Know the story of Kilometer 31. El Desierto de los Leones is a place that keeps a lot of mysteries. It is a it is a humid where uh, a humid area where the fog falls as soon as the sun begins to hide, and with it, the temperatures drop, opening the way to night. Shortly before sunset, when the shadows disappear and the landscape turns gray, the dirt roads blur into the darkness and streets that define the landscape behind silent witnesses of strange events. Perhaps this is the reason why the national park is practically uninhabited a few hours before sunset. The locals know to get the fuck out when it starts getting dark. This is the context of the appearance of the best known myth of el desierto de los leones for motorists who travel alone and find the night and find themselves at night near kilometer 31 turnoff of the Mexico Toluca highway. The story told by those who is or um, are very similar in all cases on the way back to Mexico City the curves become more dangerous and it is necessary to slow down. Suddenly a child appears in the middle of the road without even uh, without you even noticing it. The contact seems inevitable. The the car breaks suddenly, but it is insufficient to avoid the impact. Horrified, the driver opens the door and speeds out of the vehicle. Without fully understanding what is happening, he looks in front and behind of the car. For the minor, he just run over, but, in his, confu- but his confusion is enormous when he discovers that there is no trace of the accident. So you like you think you just hit a kid, mm-hmm. you jump out of your car, you look for him and you can't find him. In shock, the driver kneels down and decides to search under the car. He turns on the flashlight on his phone and, gasping for breath, slowly bends down to peer in the bodywork. The toe of a child's shoe sticking out near a front tire makes his skin crawl, but he's unable to confirm what he's looking at. Trembling this time, he decides to crouch down completely. What you're about to see will mark you and scar you forever. In front of him, the bright eyes of a child appear, staring at him, hypnotic, like two huge plates and inexpressive, as if they were an, as if they were an, an inert object. The look is nailed to an interior producing desolation and inexplicable tears. At this point, the different stories take diverging paths. While some, affir- some affirm that after this event the drivers are exposed to suffering an accident due to the nervousness in their exposure, Others consider that the look is never forgotten and produces a severe trauma that affects them for the rest of their lives. So basically what happens is you run over this. You think you run over this child. You get out. You look in the front and the back of the car. There's nothing there. And usually when you look under your car, the kid will be under your car mangled and be staring straight at you still alive. Oh, my God. Yes. No. With Shiny eyes like a cat. So the eyes shine. And so people have reported that then the child disappears. Like somehow this child is gone. They've called police. Police have gone out there. There's nothing under the car. This person will start driving, immediately have an accident because of how, um, impresionados, like the scare, the nervousness, the anxiety, like just the shock. They end up having an accident and passing away or they're permanently scarred for life. After that, look, they will see that child everywhere. They'll see it behind them in the mirror in the bathroom. Oof. They'll see it in the closet. No, no, they'll no. see they'll just be affected that way. They'll see it in the corner of the room when they turn the lights off. Yes. The appearance of the monks who inhabited the first convent in Mexico, as well as other situations, feed the urban myths around the enigmatic site. The above is one of legends that are told about kilometer 31 of the Mexico, Me- Mexico Toluca Highway. So this one is very, very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the monks are reported to walk around in the forest. Like, you will see hooded figures and, like, friar outfits walking around. And no matter how fast, how hard you chase after them, you'll never catch them. Oh my god! They just appear and disappear. And what I want to say is that... So, I've seen a lot of really good YouTube videos that actually, like, cement this point that I'm trying to say. Because I don't know if you remember, we've watched a couple YouTube videos... Well, you'll see hooded figures in the back, Mm -hmm. and the YouTuber will never notice the the figures in the back or, like, behind a window or anything until they post a video, and their their followers will point it out and say, hey, timestamp this. Are you referring to, like, this area in particular? Yes. Okay, yeah. Timestamp this, there's somebody behind you in the trees. There's somebody behind you in the building. There's something walking behind you. There's a weird noise. Can you hear it? And so it's fucking creepy i think this is also the place where we saw a video one time that somebody found a boar's head in the middle of a pentagram oh i don't know so that. people be coming out here and wiling out like doing some weird ass shit in this forest and it's just giving it's 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 just feeds into that like creepy factor like this is really weird like people really love going to this park because it's actually really beautiful Mm-hmm. But people are like, it's not so fun if you go there by yourself or at night. Don't ever go there at night. The one video I re- do remember
1: is one that we saw on Nuke's Top 5. Um, and this was like two years ago or something, probably more. But It was like
0: 2021. Like around this time last year.
1: Yeah. Well, the video was a YouTuber that I guess... He doesn't even have anything paranormal. Like, his YouTube videos are never anything paranormal. Right. They're always just, like, him traveling different parts of Mexico and kind of explaining... It was, like, him and a friend or something. Mm-hmm. And they drove out to the... this say Los Lones at, like, night. And they go to one section that... I don't know what it was. Like, a, like a stone house or something with, like, picnic benches outside. Uh, and he sets the camera down, and they're just kind of, like, walking around... And inside the house, it's not really a house. It's kind of like a picnicy area, I guess. I don't know. But I guess someone... It's kind of like
0: a half cabin mm-hmm. that's left open with picnic tables inside. Yeah. So that if you're out there and it rains, you can kind of go seek shelter. Mm-hmm. Or if you're, like, having a picnic that day, you can just kind of, like, walk up and sit down under, under the, like, the awning. Yeah. It's almost like half of a building with an awning on yeah. top. But well, they if- look very old.
1: Yeah, and the camera is, like, pointed, kind of, he kind of sets it down, and they're just walking around, and inside the house, they see, like, this big, like, creature thing that I, initially, I thought was, like, a monk, but it, like, it looks way too big to be, like, a, like, one of them, um, because even then, like, in the video, it was just two, two guys, so in the video, it looks like something just huge, like, walking inside the house, and when they don't even realize that until they uh someone in the comments yeah they posted the
0: video and somebody mentioned it to them and then Mm -hmm. somebody then subsequently sent the video to nukes top five and he posted Mm -hmm. the video yeah but yeah so that happens a lot in the youtube videos that people post to that place and a lot of you you're right there's a lot of uh i was watching one where um this guy's a runner in mexico and mm-hmm. video's all in Spanish. He just goes, He he's like, this is the best place to go. Like, it's so-and-so kilometers. The elevation is this. I really like to train here because it gets my lung ready. My lung's ready for this marathon that I run in the United States and in, in Australia and blah, blah, blah. And in, if, even in his videos, people have pointed out that there's weird things in, like, where, when, when he's jogging, there's, like, people in the woods looking at him. Oh, hell no. And he's just, like, never paid attention to it, just kind of moved on with his day, like, never, like, said anything. and But it just, like, usually there's something that appears in these people's videos. Like, it's just very, very strange. I want to go there so bad. I do not. Um, I know I usually um, say
1: that, like, I'm not really scared of anything paranormal. But in this case, there's it sounds like there's more... Like, if I see a, a hooded monk in the woods at night i don't care i never said i wanted to go at night i'm gonna say hi girly like, um yeah, no. but if it's like people like in satanic sex sex sorry um yeah i'm not no 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 yeah i'm good thank you there's
0: also a lot of like narco activity in these oh, woods. no! so for example like you know that guy that i like to watch uh mystery world the guy that did the story about um the town that's duendes the duende town place that we talked about before oh yeah and he, t- he put out the video so he like travels around mexico and posts videos every once in a while his, honestly like he's okay like he's a really good storyteller but his videos are kind of lame because nothing ever happens in them <laughs> but like um in this particular video when he went to kilometro 31 there was like a person that pulled up and he was like yeah this doesn't feel right like i'm gonna leave and that's because there's a lot of narco-trafficking uh, activity that happens there. They body dump there. And um, so there's a, there's an article, I didn't include it in my, in my research, but a very famous cartel that was on their way to Guatemala from Sonora got caught when they were driving through uh, El Desierto de los Leones. And so, like this is like, and you know, obviously they try to take roads where like there's not that many cops, so that 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 like the min like they minimize the chance of them getting caught. Mm-hmm. And so, like they caught like fifteen of them driving through here with like oh a bunch God. of like mar- not marijuana with a bunch of drugs, like yep. sh- like hard drugs on its way to Guatemala. Damn. And this is very common. Like people, like they say, it it's like. They say don't be out there at night. Not so much for like the paranormal. Like yes, there's that aspect as well, but they know that organized crime is is very like active at night in this area. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, that that's what I would be more scared of. So it's just like um. it just gives us like people really love it because it's such a nice natural area. It's a it's a national park. It's very expansive. Uh, it's very well kept. But, like, people are also like, well, fuck, like, what can we do? <laughs> we really like going here, but there's, like, all this bad shit happens here. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the story of El Desierto de los Leones. We can never have nice things. We can't ever have nice things. I was able to find the full
1: name of the monastery, by the way. Okay. It's called Ex Convento de Nuestra Señora del Carmen de los Montes de Santa Fe.
0: Yes, that was <laughs> so formerly that is known Very as. Catholic. It's that. a very Catholic, very long name. Oh wow
1: okay good job i never honestly i knew that the because we found out about it in that video on nuke Top 5 and i knew that when we watched it you kind of it kind of piqued your interest
0: yeah it's i wanted to do it before but it's like so to like again i want to reiterate like to me this isn't that scary like there's no like personal accounts like this. is It's like, oh, it's a creepy place. But I know that like some of our listeners are going to be like, oh, my God, I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. Holy shit. Yeah. So I have to be mindful of that. Like just because my level of scary is like at a slightly higher or like at a very high level. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't still talk about these places that interest me because I don't think they're scary enough because you guys might like it. So I'm really going to like try to step away from like, oh, this isn't scary to me and say, well, you know what? This is still creepy and somebody might like to know about it. So I'm just going to go that route now instead of like gatekeeping, Mm -hmm. gatekeeping, girl bossing and gaslighting. That's what I'm really good at.
1: The trifecta. Yes.
0: She's a, she's a triple threat. I um, (sighs) am. Please buy my.
1: Goodbye. We're going to get sued. (laughs) (laughs) No, bleep that out. Okay. Um, okay, palette cleanser time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back at it, back at it. Okay, I want to start off with something. Uh, it was a Twitter, Twitter thread. Uh, Twitter handle is, um, at HeyMakwa, in case you guys are interested in reading. I'm just going to read the whole thing, because it's multiple tweets, and I might just edit out the stuff that are not relevant. So they say... Um, hey settlers, there's an Anishinaabe spirit you regard as a cryptid. You think of it as an antlered and very and very hungry. Don't use the name. Don't start out the name. Don't use the imagery. Don't talk about it. Nobody can stop you thinking about it, but don't even ask questions about it. You can sometimes find Anishinaabek talking about it or drawing or painting it online. We're not supposed to. Traditionally, but there's always someone willing to go there if it'll upset someone else. We're people. You can find out a lot if you are critical in how you search to see who says what, under what circumstances. You can paint a complete mental picture of the nature of it and why we don't talk about it if you strictly avoid settler, campfire, and cryptid stories. Also, I have seen various art created of it by us, and it is always, always reflective of the colonial trauma inflicted on the artist as he experienced it internalized. To call it a cryptid is a cultural misunderstanding by people fundamentally unwilling to understand it. I'm sitting here trying to figure out a way to talk about not talking about something I am unwilling to and should not describe. Like someone attempting to create a shape in the air around an object. There are some things ignorance is per- preferable to. And it, in quotes, she says, or they say, well, why do you all know about it then? Because there are modes of thought that we need to that need to be ingrained in you, an understanding of your place in the world, social reflexes that you need to that need to be understood and internalized before you can properly understand the horror of their absence. So, pretty pretty please, with a cherry on top, stop using that goddamn word. It is an ill-wishing to tell you that there are no amount of stolen sage that can fix that shit, and salt, iron, and hazel will not help you. The curse is coming from inside of you, and the only safeguard is set of cultural values whose self-identify do not, possess, and have no interest in. Um, I am big mad about this because authors are supposed to check their damn sources, and the only reason for a settler thinking that thinking they're an idle expert on this is white supremacy and colonial entitlement. Uh, and in quotes they say, Okay, but you're basically leaving a trail of breadcrumbs for settlers to learn about it by reading Anishinaabek accounts. Yes, and by urging you to do it with your mouth shut, I'm hoping you will abs- absorb just enough Ojibwe worldview to understand that we are real and this matters. This isn't superstition. uh, This is fundamental cultural ethics that play out in real and existential ways. There are solid material reasons for why we treat it like this. Uh, For folks who don't understand how indigenous ways of knowing are um, modern, from a psychological perspective, the naming taboo functions as an intensifier on the inhumanity of the act. There is no opportunity to become comfortable with the idea, so it functions as prophylaxis. There is not a greater or lesser understanding of community health than talking about spiritual contagion. We still do not have all the answers, but after tens of thousands of years of living here with each other, we have practical solutions for community safety. It frankly isn't your fucking business whether we see it as a spirit or a decision, individually or collectively, particularly when you treat it with contempt while letting it run unchecked. And then in quotes, they say, but superstition, big talk from someone afraid to look in the mirror after you close your medicine cabinet in case someone appears behind you, clown shoes. So... I heard growling just now, just so you know. No, that was my stomach, I'm so sorry. Oh, I was...
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, That's funny. basically, I'm
1: like, Ooh. it was... I thought it was important to mention it because it is something that I talked about that I wanted to do a case about in a previous episode. And after reading that, kind of understanding the cultural importance that this person is trying to say out of respect i deleted all of my research and i'm like okay well moving on moving on from that so well i mean i'm i feel like i'm willing to admit where i fuck up so why not yeah and so those that don't know what i'm referring to i'm sorry <laughs> yeah out of respect i won't be saying the word
0: well i mean i get it because just saying the word alone it it, i mean what do they say don't ever talk about it right yes because it seeds the idea in your head and it causes a mental illness Mm -hmm. and that is very well documented that it will it, it seeds that mental illness and it will cause people to do what this thing says to do you know mm-hmm. like te pones idea en la cabeza and then you're convincing yourself to do it so that makes perfect sense why they don't talk about it
1: well also like they mentioned that in a lot of indigenous cultures um usually the word has power yes. and it acts as an intensifier so well there's a lot of there's like navajo people that talk about things that well that exist in their culture that they say we don't talk about it yeah and out of respect they
0: don't and i did a case about that too yeah but i think it's kind of funny (laughs) like when i have conversations with people that are Navajo. i won't ever say it but they're like i'm safe i can talk about that here i'm not there so and (laughs) it's what we've talked about so funny. yeah well i know i i'm not really
1: worried about it because i know you've met navajo people that are like i don't care yeah but then again well Get away from me, Leo. Stop. Um, But I made it more in the sense of... um, Well, we've kind of talked about it before where it's like... It's funny how you mentioned she said, Oh, well, it's okay. I'm not there. So it doesn't matter. It's in the same way that we feel about like... Mexican urban legends and cultural differences between the U.S. and Mexico. Yeah. Or where like how your parents make... Like, some things exist or, like, quote-unquote, are more real uh-huh. in Mexico than they are here. Yeah. Or, like, here, you can talk about... Whatever. I don't I don't know. I can't think of...
0: What Alice <sighs> said, it feels more safe here. It feels yeah. like you're detached from whatever it is. Yeah. That it's not going to come looking for you here. And I, re- I don't remember... I mean, I don't know if you remember when I did the story about the Stigini. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Kim, are you supposed to be talking about this? She's like, no, but it's in the city, so it doesn't matter. I'm not in Sasakwa, so whatever. She's like, I don't care. I'm not on a reservation. She's like, I don't give a fuck. It's <laughs> fine. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kim.
1: Okay, next topic. Just what I wanted to...
0: I'm shook. To like, add. I never thought of that. But yeah, that's right. Like... Someone tweeted about
1: the song "Gulo" by Pitbull being on Madagascar, and we've talked about it before <laughs> well not like on on the podcast but we talked about it i
0: talked like, about it to in you. real life yes irl i thought it was fucking hilarious so the
1: thing is this person's like you're telling me like it was a tweet i, I was trying to look for it but i couldn't find it but they're like you're telling me that this song wasn't a guest because <laughs> they're like i remember um the lemurs dancing to this and i'm like dude i swear I remember it too. <laughs> and then like and I, I guess afterwards they're like I guess it was just uh, the the boot bootleg leg? version. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, okay, hold on.
0: Cause I remember this. You did you ever watch Madagascar? Hell no. I told you before, I never watched those movies. I hate you. I did watch <laughs> I, I have watched the TV show with the penguins at the zoo afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was my brother or somebody that was watching it. And I just kind of, like, casually watched it with them. Uh-huh. And it was kind of interesting. But I never went back and, like, f- like watched the movies. Madagascar was... <sighs> I remember King Julian. Because he's a annoying. Moment.
1: It was a moment in life.
0: I know. I remember people saying, I'd like to move it, move it, for, like, fucking months. Yeah. Yep. Making it into memes, putting the- it on fucking t-shirts, using it as a slogan to work out. And I'm just like, yeah, you guys are doing too much. I remember when I first
1: watched the movie, of course, it was in bootleg. It was all the movies are best in bootleg. And you know, it's good when you watch people get up from their seats um, in the recording because someone's recording all the way at the back back row. Um, but I I remember I watched it in Spanish. So to have Pitbull in it wasn't really out of place. <laughs> so i was right. like
0: okay sounds good i mean like in a dubbed movie to hear antonio banderas's voice it's not <laughs> weird or, or like pitbull That's no i'm not saying crazy.
1: i'm saying that like i watched it in spanish so for them to edit the movie the, the song by pitbull in spanish wasn't really out of place like to me it would have been weird if it
0: was if I was watching the movie like completely in English, and then they edit that in, well, it's like, what is going on? And then around that time when those movies were coming out, it was not unusual for them to dub these movies with the same thirteen actors, and it was like only the famous Hispanic actors and the Spanish ones, Antonio Banderas, Salma Hayek. Wait, Eugenio that's de Reves. not what I'm referring to. Well, I'm just trying to say like their voices sound familiar, so it wasn't like weird a familiarity. So it wasn't out of place. Uh, okay, moving on. Oh,
1: um, recently, since the last episode, I went to like my first party since the pandemic. You didn't go, because you didn't feel well. But we went to Maite's party. Hi Maite, in case she listens, cause she finally moved into a house. Um I realized that I don't know how to act. let me specify um i haven't been obviously i haven't been to a party since the pandemic and there was just a lot of group of people there not a lot of people there was probably like eight people but it was kind of awkward because i didn't know what to say and i didn't know like i was like damn what the fuck do people talk about all i do is trauma dump um and i kind of noticed that i kind of do that at work too where it's like what do you, what do normal people talk about like their interests i don't have interests
0: well i can tell you what the guys around me talk about <laughs> oh, they God. really love talking about basketball boring and the thunder i would not i would i
1: cannot imagine going to a party and talking about basketball and I'm then
0: sorry. my boss really likes soccer so he talks about soccer and basketball so, it's like, I thought I forgot what, like, working with straight men was like. <laughs> like, because I worked with, all I women. mean, in accounting, yeah. when I worked in, in accounting, I worked with all women. And then I went to the bank and I worked with all women. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now I sit by, like, straight men. And it's like, oh, yeah. I forgot what this that was like. That actually reminds me.
1: I hate to admit this. Oh, my God. Because I'm the same way. I was not around a lot of straight guys at my, well... Yes and no, but not a lot. I've realized that I have a lot more in common with these straight guys than with other people I've worked with. I know, shocking. It's kind of scary. hmm Like, I tell, I at tell the end of the day, Joby at work that I'm like, Joby, you're like my twin. Like anytime he says something or, like, he talks about something that he did, I'm like, me too. Twin. Yeah. It's kind of
0: scary how we have, like, parallel we're like experiences (laughs) we're like look at me i'm not like those straight men i'm just different i'm built different and then it's like no we're still men at the end of the day we're still trash oh no (laughs) still trash garbage sorry if there was a weird editing there leo just fucking knocked some shit down and we had to stop and re-record so it was weird sorry so anyways moving on i've not had a moment of peace ever since i've had a cat had a cat
1: yeah um okay I'm just going to fly by um with some of these the, there is a you mentioned it before of the fox spirit breaking in Japan that I guess in Japan there is a like a totem yeah a rock that held the yeah a rock that held the spirit of like a malevolent fox spirit uh-huh like a kitsune and um i guess it recently broke
0: yeah so now everyone's like um now what <laughs> uh, well, i will say something a trend that i have noticed since 2020 start or well like middle of 2020 mm-hmm. people say mark this off of your bingo card i didn't expect marking this off my bingo card this year and it's just like y'all are fucking what annoying card? there's the 2021 bingo card the russia going to like war with ukraine mark it off your bingo oh, card tsunami mark it off your bingo card like they're saying like like very serious events that are happening and it's like i wasn't expecting to mark this off my bingo card this year well what if the like, bingo card
1: actually put it on there into the world what about that quit playing how bingo. About, how about adding a new bingo slot i don't know how it works and saying um i deserve a pat on the back
0: so basically what i wanted to say primos and primas if you're saying i wasn't expecting this to mark it off my bingo card you're annoying <laughs> I'm mad at no, you right no, now, no, 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 but I'm not going to be mad at you forever. It's fine. I'm already over it. Moving on.
1: It's weird when you expect bad things to happen because they might happen. Yeah. Someone I used to work with used to say shit some similar to that. I don't know the exact phrase, but
0: I'm like, shut the fuck. You're fun at parties. Huh? Um. So I learned that for a long time, I was the type of person that was like, well, things are going great. Something bad's about to happen. You know that's a a trauma response? I did not. It is a trauma response. Usually, I just don't think about it. I'm like, oh, I'm not
1: going to say that. I do. I'm not going to vocalize that.
0: I like to analyze, overanalyze, make a spreadsheet, make bar graphs. And then I'm like, I should have said this. And I should have said this. And really, if they said that, I should have said that.
1: Yes. This is why I can't sleep at night. So I'm going to segue into the next topic of the movie, (gasps) Alma. And let me we tell did you, watch that. So, I, I'm i segueing from <laughs> the fuck spirit and from the trauma response, like you mentioned. So, those who have, haven't seen it, I, may, I might. Nah, I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. But it's uh, Alma starring um, Sandra O. Oh, and the whole premise of it is generational trauma. And I didn't initially realize it until uh, halfway through the movie when I'm like, wait a minute. It was Why so good. Why is this resonating with me? I literally cried like three times. It was so good. It was
0: like, well, was it the best horror movie I've ever seen? No. Were the themes in it something that I like identified with? Hell yes. Hell yeah. Yeah,
1: and there was um, the reason I mentioned about the kitsune is because in Korea, the fox spirit is called a Kumiho. and there is. It makes an appearance in the movie. And And it was kind of creepy. It was really good. Shook. uh, I was shaking. I was quaking. I was crying. I was screaming. It was really good. And the thing that here, there was only one movie theater that was showing it. So if you guys do have a chance to watch it, I really recommend it. Like I said, it's not the best scary movie, but I think using horror as a... A vehicle to spread a message, kind of hits. It hits different.
0: It like I enjoyed the mo- the movie so thoroughly that I'm like, this movie should have been longer. Yes, it should have been yep. thirty minutes longer because they needed to explore a little more of the trauma. Like I was yes, just like, that's what it was. Cause... I'm like, mm, like this is hitting some. This is scratching a spot somewhere, and it's like it's it was good.
1: There was um. There was resolution to the conflict of the plot, but they should have definitely dug a little deeper. They're like, here is an issue. And they're like, okay, solved.
0: The end. But I feel like I almost didn't understand. I I almost feel like I wish the movie was longer because I'm not Asian American and don't understand the nuances of it. And I think that's why. And I... Th- I mean, I did understand with some. I I did identify with some of the themes, but I think that's also a part of it that I'm not Asian American. Oh, I and know. So, what you mean. Yeah, okay. so it's like maybe that's my uh, ignorant, like me being ignorant about it. And so, well, I it's decided, not like you can choose to be right, Asian American, right? But I still thought the movie was pretty good. Yes. And then we watched everything, everywhere, all at once. Yep. Man, these Asian led movies are getting are so good so good and um the the guy that
1: plays the dad in that movie i was watching an interview with him i think it was jimmy Kimmel. uh flop not the actor jimmy Kimmel. um but he talks about how he actually came out in the movie the goonies the goonies and in indiana jones he Uh was a little he was a little kid the little asian boy and he said that those were like the biggest movies he's done because after that he kind of stopped acting because of how he had to change his name um well not necessarily like legally or anything but like i forgot where he's from but there were some people on set that had trouble saying his name so they're like i'm just gonna call you something else which to me has always been an issue even when i first met you (laughs) i was like um, that's not the name your mom gave you, so you shouldn't be letting people, um, call you something else. If they can say Ch- Tchaikovsky, they can say your name. Um, so after a while, he kind of stopped acting, and he recently came back, and that was... The movie he did? That was a movie he and did. And that movie and was good, too. In the movie, or like, I guess in the credits, he goes by his real name, not yeah. his quote-unquote American name
0: um this movie also had family trauma in it and so it was i'm like what the fuck are therapists that it was behind it
1: sorry it was um what's the genre what's it called science fiction it was really good science fiction with like a little bit of comedy and i think kind of going back to um if it weren't a horror movie i think the message would have gone a little muddy And the reason I say that is because usually with comedy, you can kind of brush off a lot of the message. There really isn't sometimes a lesson to learn about. But with horror, it kind of keeps you thinking about it. That's kind of what I wanted to say. Uh It was good. 10 out of 10. Maybe next month we'll talk about it more in detail of
0: what happened or maybe we'll just start a whole new podcast where we just talk about movies no, There is all a, we do there's way too many podcasts that talk about movies they don't need, we don't need another one
1: yeah but this one's with me and, we're I'm, in a so funny, and I'm so saturated market and i'm so beautiful and we so
0: smart we're already in a saturated market talking about the things that we do <laughs> there's a lot of people that do it
1: but i'm so cute and so beautiful and smart um, okay last thing before um we move
0: on to the my story i wanted to mention something before we move on yeah um i also wanted to mention that oscar isaac has been making waves he's been on a lot more things recently and he's another actor that had to change his name because he's pretty to look at but not pretty enough to actually learn his name oh yeah so his name is oscar isaac hernandez estrada and people just call him oscar isaac because it's easier yeah
1: i remember reading that he's guatemalan yes
0: born in guatemala
1: when he tried to get into acting they were like he was like what's your name oscar Hernandez?' and they're
0: like no that sounds too hispanic we're gonna do oscar isaac
1: yeah so that's
0: up. we're always pretty enough to look at but not pretty enough to, for them to learn our names or have I want enough to respect our names or have enough value to them to for them to know our names
1: yeah you shouldn't ever change your name to fit in someone
0: else's mouth that's what it comes down to we're dehumanized people of color are dehuman we're not people to these people we're not actual people to these people yep and that's what it is at the end of the day
1: okay well that got dark moving Sorry. on all right well it's not gonna get any lighter um because Ooh, i'm the ready. topic um sometimes when i complain about living in oklahoma There's always someone that says, and I know they don't mean it in a bad thing, but, like, they always mention something like, Well, if you hadn't moved here, you would have never met Andres, the love of your life, and you guys would have never gotten married.
0: And I'm like, okay. Wishing something bad on somebody. Wishing, saying... Hold on, well, can I finish? Hold on. Yes, go ahead.
1: Did I really have to go through, like, the traumatic shit that I went through in order to get, like, a prize? Does that make sense?
0: That is also Like, a did I really response. have to suffer
1: to get to someone nice? Like, um, did I, do I have to suffer to get nice things?
0: So, people that say that, that is a trauma response.
1: And I think it's, like, a... I understand that it's a way to, like, try to help and justify, like, oh maybe you went through this something hard for something nice. And it's, like, there are a lot of evil people that don't have to go through something bad to get to nice things. Why yes. do other people have to, but some don't? And
0: this is very true. I I think we need to be more careful with what we say to people. Yeah. Also, um, well, yeah, it's just weird. Like, it's like, oh, um, when you say, oh, I hated that. Oh, but if you didn't go through that, you wouldn't have, like, had this out of it. It's like, yeah, but I fucking suffered for months for this one thing. Yeah. So was it worth it? Do you wish that bad... Have ha- are you happy that that bad thing happened to me because I got this out of it That's true. why would you wish for bad things like wh- why are you happy that something bad happened to somebody at the end of like really that's, that's at the end of the day that's what it is mm-hmm. like why are you saying that I should be happy that something bad happened to me yeah cause to be honest if I
1: I mean it's not that I don't uh, like that I met you but did I really have to go th- through, like, homelessness and traumatic shit happened to me and panic attacks and anxiety attacks? Yeah, no, it's not.
0: Like, That's was it worth right.
1: it? Like, I could have just stayed in Illinois. <laughs> like, I could have just yeah. stayed in Chicago. <laughs> um, But I like I said, I know people say that to try to help, like, saying, like, you know, but at least you're here. But it's like, yeah, but I could have been here without all the extra bad shit. Teehee. Something to think about. And I think that is my last...
0: Ooh, can I talk about something that I learned this week? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, So I was watching a video from a therapist. And she said that um, there are several types of people. But the two of them that she wanted to talk about is people that want to... um why some people always get mad when you offer a an answer to a problem or why people just don't talk to somebody. And let me explain. So what she was saying is that basically she was running into like a patient of hers was mad at her friend because her friend, she felt like she didn't want to talk to her. And so she was like, well, what do you mean that she doesn't want to talk to you? And she was saying, well, anytime I like I'm going through this hard stuff, I tell her this, and she just gives me a response. And the answer, like the answer to the problem is what she wants me to do and like go do, and that's it. That's all of it. And so basically she was saying there's there's these two types of people. There are the people that try to solve your problems, and there are people that listen to you. And people are fundamentally different. Mm. And so you have to realize what type of person you are. Like if somebody's airing their grievances out to you or they're like venting or they have something going on, are you the type of person that's there to support them and um, kind of listen to them and kind of like hype them up? Or are you the type of person that's like, well, you're going through this problem, so actually what you need to do to solve that problem is this. And she says, those two people, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you, but talking and conversating is a way that a human relates to one another conversing yeah conversing so whenever you offer a response and an answer to a problem it's like you're ending the conversation it makes them feel like you don't want to talk to them so you have to make it clear to your friend and it's like hey is this the type of conversation where you want me to listen or is this the type of conversation where you want me to offer like kind of like a another set of eyes like Mm -hmm. do you need help solving a problem And, um, I thought that was so smart. Like I didn't realize that I had been doing that for a while. Like when, when we're talking, like, I'm like, do I, do you want me to listen or do, or can I tell you what I think basically? And that's, I mean, I never looked at it that way and it's, it's pretty awesome that people are starting to notice this. Like, like she was like, definitely want to say that nothing is wrong with those different types of people. Because some people just get it and say, oh, this person just wants to talk and doesn't want to hear what I have to say about it. They just want to, like, bounce ideas back and forth or, like, air out or, like, oh, my God, this happened at work today. I hate this girl. And then they just want their friend to be like, I hate her, too. Wow, I can't stand her. If that was me, I would have done this, blah, 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 blah. instead of you saying you should go to HR. So what you need to do is walk up tomorrow, send an email to HR, and blah, 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 and do this, this, and that. Like it's th- those are two different types of people like yeah. and you have to realize like what what fits at that moment and also to know that like you have to also like understand that the the reason why your friend is giving you a response or like an answer to your problem is because they care about you and they don't want to see you go through bad stuff so the reason why they're saying hey this is the answer to your problem this is how to fix it it's not out of a place of like, I want to stop talking to you. Like we need to move on from this conversation. It's more like, I don't like seeing you when you're like this. So I'm going to offer you a response and an answer so you can fix your problem quickly. Because mm-hmm. I don't like when you're like this. Or not even that. It's like, it's like I don't like seeing you like sad or I don't like seeing you this way. It's like, I'd rather you be happy. You're my friend and I care about you. So it was very interesting. Wow.
1: Yes. Very okay. interesting perspective. Thank you for adding that.
0: Okay, so moving on to your okay. story.
1: Oof, oof. Let me tell you. When I was doing research for these, um, I had to stop because I got a little scared. Teehee. Um, and yeah, that is two stories. So you guys are getting two stories this month.
0: They are actually themed. Oh I'm, I'm excited cuz I did see you get scared one day you fucking turn on the lights and came out of the room I was like I went to go sit with me for a little bit and I'm like are you good and you were like I'm kind of scared and I'm usually like usually I turn oh, off okay. all the
1: lights and then I kind of wander around the house but this time I turn on all of them and I was like
0: hi hey. you were staying away from the windows not looking in
1: the mirror yeah. Oh yeah Oh yeah Wait
0: Okay no I'm, I'm, like, well,
1: no it has nothing to do with mirrors but I'm okay. just superstitious about
0: um, being scared and then Ooh. looking at a mirror, especially at night. Give me a good fucking mirror story. I was standing <laughs> in front of the mirror and there was somebody behind me. Or at night, I could see somebody step out of the mirror. I don't know why, but mirrors scare the shit out of me. And that Ooh. is why there is not a mirror in our room and there's one in put the hallway. That in
1: Put that in the suggestion box. Yes. Okay, so the first one. The first one is actually an urban legend from Guatemala. Well, Guatemala and El Salvador.
0: Okay. Shout out to one of our listeners that says that they wanted us to talk about more urban legends because you're right. We and should. here you go.
1: Yeah. And that's what I was, that's what I went looking for. I'm like cuz I think I am familiar with a lot of urban legends in Mexico, like the general ones, not the localized ones. Cuz there's a lot that um like from certain states or certain cities, mm-hmm. they kind of have their own. Um, but overall, I feel like I'm more familiar with the ones that are in ge- like general Mexico. Right. I think and also
0: Lupe sent us a video about something. I was going to watch was... it later. Hi, Lupe. Hi.
1: So I went to a different country and I was like, you know what? I love Guatemala. I just saw a documentary on Netflix about Guatemala. And it was so beautiful. And I want to visit someday. And... I'm like, you know what? I love Guatemala. Let's start there.
0: They got duendes there. <laughs> <laughs> they got they, they do, got duendes everywhere. Do else. you remember um, Bridget's sister told us a story about the duende when she was oh. a kid? That fucking story was scary. Hold I still on. think about that sometimes. We have to text. We have to call her and ask her to, to tell us the story us. again so I we d- can
1: tell it. I don't remember the details, but I remember it was scary. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Don't sidetrack me. Okay. So this urban legend originated in Guatemala around the 1980s. Uh-huh. it's actually set in the 1980s as well. Um, specifically in the city of Quetzaltenango, known as Shela. Um, the legend starts with a family consisting of Amilcar, his wife Josefina, and their three children, Alberto, 15 years old, Francisco, 11 years old, and Marcela, 4 years old. So one version of the legend says that they were the Muñoz family. It was crazy how detailed some of these versions were because I went through a few of them and I kind of gave the details that the like some of them weren't were general. They're like, oh, this 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 person worked here and he had a wife and three kids. Um, but I went with one that was more specific because it had more detail.
0: Right. I mean, after, we've talked about it before that some of these urban legends or stories like name a specific town. In this specific town, at this specific little store, this is what happened. You know, right
1: across the street from this church. It
0: gives credence to it. It, like, makes it really believable. You're Mm -hmm. like, oh, shit. I'm about to roll up there and ask about it. I'm about to fucking run into that little abarrotas and say, Señora, esto pasó. Es real. Aquí se pareció el diablo. ¿Qué pasó?
1: (laughs) That's true. And the thing is, is I don't know how, um, what's the word? Propagate? Is that the word? Like, to spread. How spread out what do you mean i don't know how common this urban legend is i wasn't able to find like statistics or anything about like if this is like on the same level as like la llorona or is this more like a or how
0: widespread it is widespread yeah Or Mm. disseminated like how spread out how spread word
1: i'm sorry oh but yeah i I wasn't able to find anything like definite on whether this is like a story that you know everyone kind of grows up listening to or hearing
0: maybe i'm using that word wrong i just realized that it sounds a little weird
1: um moving on Amilcar worked at um el Minister de salud which is the ministry of health at a hospital in el quetzaltenango um in january of 1980 he was called to the capital guatemala city to fill an important administrative position so everyone in the family was excited to move except alberto the eldest son who um repeatedly expressed his displeasure of having to leave so the family finally moved into their new home after a few days. Um, the house was huge and was located in a busy area of the city across the street from a church. Uh, while the family was moving well, while the family was moving in, Francisco and Marcela, the youngest of the family began exploring the house. The kids each took a claim at one of the bed- bedrooms on the second floor um, and they start unpacking everything they had bought with them from Sheila. Uh, the house hadn't been lived in for years and the previous tenants had left furniture and old pa- uh, portraits hung in the house covered with white sheets. Uh, Josefina finds an old portrait in the house that did not belong to them. And when she when she uncovered it, she sees that it was a painting of a creepy grinning clown with its fist up. Uh, so she screams and she says that she's going to throw it out. Uh, the clown painting made everyone really uneasy with its unsettling grin Alberto tells her not to throw it out of the um, not to throw out the painting seeing it as a form of revenge towards his parents for making him move to the city so mean tells Alberto if you want to keep the painting so much you can keep it hung up in your room so it gets hung up in
0: his room oh I feel like this is not going to a good place
1: this story was extreme <laughs> and weird but I guess so are all urban legends so fast forward to the next mor- morning, um, Amilcar was the first to wake up and decided against waking everyone up um, to kind of let them rest after the big move. At around 10 in the morning, the children wake up and Amilcar prepares breakfast. He had Marcela go wake up her mother, but she came back after a few minutes saying, mom doesn't wake up. So he goes upstairs and tries to wake up his wife, but to her their surprise, she was dead. So, they they try to resuscitate her, but were unable to help her. In a state of shock, Alberto runs to his room, unaware of the added detail in the painting. The clown now had one finger up in its hand. A few days after uh, Josefina's funeral, Francisco fell ill with a respiratory illness. Uh, With his experience in the medical field, Amilcar Tries to tries his best to treat uh, treat Francisco, but the symptoms don't seem to make sense, and nothing he does help. He takes Francisco to the hospital where he worked, um, where, and he went on. He underwent many tests and treatments, but again, none of them worked. His condition only worsened, and two days later, he passes away. Amilcar calls Alberto to break the news of him, to him of his brother's passing, and again, Alberto runs to his room crying. And again, he misses the detail of the clown in the painting now having two fingers up. He cries himself to sleep, forgetting that he had left Marcela unattended in the bathtub. And after a few hours, the sound of the phone ringing wakes him up, and he sits upright. Uh, He notices the painting of the clown, now with three fingers up. He knows that it was strange, but doesn't remember if the painting had been like that before. He picks up the phone with it being his father on the other side calling to check up on him and Alberto and Marcela, and that's when he remembers that he left Marcela in the bathtub. So he runs to the bathtub where he finds Marcela's lifeless body floating in the overflowing bathtub. He runs back to the phone to tell his father what happened, and Amilcar speeds over to the house to try and resuscitate Marcela. Or I see like he sped over to the house to help and resuscitate her. As he nears the house, he loses control of the car in a roundabout and smashes into a concrete barrier a few meters from the house. Alberto hears the crash and runs back to his room that had the largest window, where he sees his father lifeless in the front seat of the crashed car. Horrified, he closes his eyes and turns around, wishing it all to be some joke. When he opens his eyes, he sees himself staring directly at the clown painting. In front of his eyes, Alberto witnesses the clown lifting a fourth finger and smiling back at him, telling him, Ahora solo falta uno. Like, now there's only one missing. So anger overtakes Alberto and he runs out of the house to the church and he kneels down and begins praying. After a few minutes, onlookers and policemen nearby witness him leave back towards the house with a candle in his hand. Alberto is shaking with a blank stare in his face. He mutters the same thing over and over again. Ahora solo faltas tú, maldito payaso, which is like now the only thing missing is you you fucking clown before reaching his house he is stopped by the police alberto breaks out and r- or breaks out of the grip and runs to the clown painting and tries to light it on fire but is stopped again by three police officers uh, sorry he stops he's, he's stopped believing him to have been involved in the sudden and mysterious deaths of his family he is arrested and undergoes psychological examinations, and doctors conclude that he suffers from some mental break, so he is admitted into a, a mental hospital a mental health hospital in the city. So the legend says that Alberto allegedly completed suicide after three days in the hospital because no one believed his story of the clown painting. Um, but the story doesn't end there. Um, Alberto's aunt and uncle, Esteban and Celia, visited the house to pick up the family's belongings after the passings when they arrive back home in chela they find disturbing they find the disturbing painting of the clown from alberto's quote-unquote stories and the belongings something that both of them claim not to have picked uh, packed up they notice that the clown now has five fingers up instead of four like alberto had mentioned so they're like um help they attempt to burn the painting but it doesn't burn and remains unscathed they try to break it And rip it but the frame doesn't break they leave the painting at the curb hoping the painting's curse won't stay in the house a few hours later a Salvadoran man with religious clothes knocks on the door and asks if the painting is for sale to which esteban says no but he is free to take it if he wants the man uh, thanks him and takes the painting but as the man turns the painting esteban is able to catch a glimpse of the painting with the clown now having a clenched fist near his face, almost as if resetting the count. Weeks later, on the 24th of March, 1980, very specific date, okay? Oof. The family sees on the news of the murder of Archbishop Oscar Romero in El Salvador at the hands of guerrilla fighters due to the political instability in in El Salvador at the time. And I guess he was a real person. Um... Esteban recognizes the man's face as the man that had taken the clown painting. The painting is lost after the Archbishop's death, but the legend says that there are multiple theories of its whereabouts today.
0: Can I throw out a theory?
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: The Vatican. Basement. (laughs) I want to immediately say that. Okay. I guarantee you they have weird, creepy shit in that basement. Is that one of the theories? Maybe. Okay let's, let, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's the get first good. one
1: is that guerrilla fighters took the painting and use it still for sinister purposes. No details on that. Unfortunately, I couldn't find anything. They're like,
0: we want to kill you, but we don't want to get caught. Here's his
1: painting. <laughs> Here's his painting. <laughs> and they drop it off at their house. Another one says that it was taken to the Vatican to be studied after the <gasps> Archbishop's murder to Peach. be further studied. Um. Another is that it was auctioned off and purchased by an extremely wealthy man in Asia. The most accepted theory, I don't know by whom, but um, it's that the painting made its way back to its original painter, a woman named Rosemary Kennedy, who had painted it in 1941 as a curse against her family after a failed lobotomy was performed at her against her will which only worsened her psychological disorders and was put into a mental asylum until her death in 2005. Supposedly, the painting...
0: Um, How did this painting end up in Guatemala? Oh, Rosemary Kennedy that. sounds very... like... Hey, you never white. know. White. <laughs> Rosemary Kennedy. La Rosemary? That you don't know, s- know her? I don't know. I don't want to, like ruffle any feathers but that name doesn't sound guatemalan to me you don't know Uh, yeah there's a rosemary in guatemala right now
1: (laughs) she's listening to this like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah supposedly the time period between um amilcar's family owning the painting to when um the archbishop having it between those years supposedly the kennedy family did not experience anything bad but afterwards, supposedly, like they've been, like family members just die and out of mysterious left and right, left and right. Yeah, mysterious circumstances. That
0: clown's running out of fingers.
1: keeps <sighs> trying to reset him.
0: It would be so weird if he like had ten fingers up and then he had one foot and he was like <sighs> had one toe. trash like pointing it. But yeah, so that was the urban legend. That's scary. Of El cuadro del payaso i want to just say that like i am of sound mind <laughs> i am of sound body okay i am not thinking of doing anything so if i come up missing it was the vatican i'm just saying because they, <laughs> they knew are I responsible them. they knew i found them out about this painting and it's there <laughs> could you imagine if that fucking painting showed up to our house after Hell this episode, no. if i would take it to our neighbors I really don't want to get that loud as hell anyway, anyway You know so. one of our listeners is going to send us his painting like no. a, like a copy of it to our you P.O. box what? Nope we're no not PO getting box. a P.O. box anymore <laughs> We're not getting a P.O. box sorry guys
1: Okay so second story this one was actually suggested by one of our listeners Jennifer So hi Jennifer thank you for hi, suggesting this Um this is called El fantasma payaso de Nuevo Laredo
0: Oh my god, Boy, I forgot. you really love these clowns, huh?
1: I forgot my sources. So for the first story El Cuadro del Payaso, my sources were a uh, Guate Historias article, um a YouTube video by Dark Moon. That one I think was what scared me because in the video it's like a picture of the painting supposedly. Um and the third one is the Guate article for El Paya- el fantasma payaso de Nuevo Laredo which translates to the Clown Ghost of Novo Laredo. Um, my articles were a Multimedios article, a Plaza de los Fundadores article, a TikTok by at Dances with Werewolves, and a TikTok by at Natalia Casgo. Um, so, like I said, this was suggested by a listener, Jennifer. Can
0: I just mention that I fucking hate clowns? I don't know if I've ever said that to oh, you. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't like clowns. Well, I'm Halfway like, through my like, stories. <laughs> it's not like, oh, like I have a clown phobia, but I really don't like them. One time yeah. when I was a kid, I went to a, a birthday party, and the I was sitting in the front, and the fucking clown thought it'd be really funny if I was like his, uh, what is it called? His, like, Assistant. scapegoat? Oh. Or like his assistant or whatever. Yeah. And so like anytime this clown was bad, like he tried to do a handstand and he fell on his back. And so he'd be like, oh, you did it. You did it. And then he'd hit me with his hat. His hat hurt. And I wanted to cry. But everybody oh, no. was looking at me and I couldn't cry. That was
1: That's the perfect opportunity when to cry. No. When everyone's looking
0: at you. I cry when if somebody would that. have said kire llorar kire llorar I would have cried. Ooh. it would have been. <laughs> you remember when <laughs> you were going would be like llorar, yep. I'd the fucking ugliest <laughs> face. I'm like, no, I
1: don't. No, I don't.
0: Yeah, no, that was me. And ever since then, I fucking hate clowns. And it's like anything, anything I've ever heard about a clown, it's never been a good thing. Never been a good thing. Well, so let it's me tell like, you, this it cemented not... that. Just clowns are not good. This is not any better. Other than Tatiana, she's a she's a gem. Was she even a clown? No, I'm thinking about that little girl, Lucy, with the dust bunnies under the couch, and she always made her like body match the clock on the ground. I don't know if anybody's going to know what I'm talking about. So I'm starting Wasn't to it g- called, like, my big couch or something? The, the big comfy couch? The big couch. I'm starting to get to the point where, like, I talk about things, and sometimes younger people don't actually know what I'm talking about. And that's fucking scary. Or older people don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I get that.
1: Yeah. It's, like, a very specific people in our age range. And it's not always a guarantee. Anyway, don't interrupt me. So, this urban legend takes place in 1980 complete coincidence i swear in nuevo laredo tamaulipas mexico so the story goes that a circus traveling all over tamaulipas made a stop at the border town of nuevo laredo supposedly the circus was very successful and brought in a lot of money one of the clowns in the circus found out about the circus's largest revenue and decided to take it all for himself one night but before he made it too far the other circus performers caught up to him and took justice into their own hands and killed him. They dumped his body out on a street somewhere in Colonia Madero. And the thing is, I wasn't able to find exactly what street it was. I told you, clowns never
0: do anything good. He stole that money. The locals
1: might know. And I'll get to that. The legend says that if you are to drive down this this street at night, see, they know where it is, this very specific street... Your car will shut off and you'll be unable to start it. If you were to look back in either your rear view mirror or your passenger side window, you'll see the silhouette and the face of a clown staring and frowning back at you. Um, he is sometimes holding a balloon. If the balloon is red, he's happy and will eventually just walk away. If the balloon is blue, he is sad and remembers what happened to him. And because of this, he wants revenge. Meaning you should start running.
0: What's that got to do with me? I
1: well, didn't do. It imagine with- if you you were just driving and your car shuts off, and then you just turn to your left side, and there's just a fucking clown What's staring I gotta do at with me, you, though?
0: eye level. Why is he mad at me? I was just born in 1991. Like you know what I mean? Like, uh, sir, I don't have anything to do with this. That's true. You're right.
1: But when I- you do clownery, the clown comes back to bite.
0: Stop. <laughs> you know what i think about sometimes like when i was a kid i'm like if something bad ever happens to me i'm gonna tell the bad guy stop i'll help you i'm bad too you're so annoying i'm evil so let me go and i'll help you be evil and that's what i would do to this clown and be like look i see the blue the blue balloon you're bad why don't i drive you around as a ghost because i know you can't like get a driver's license Drive yourself around Okay And I'll like drop you off at these people's houses And then you like show them the blue balloon Do what you gotta do And then we can go to whoever else's house is next But really I'll just push him out And like El Desierto de los Leones like, Oh my god And then just drive crossover. away Yeah <laughs> the, be-
1: the best crossover Okay so in continuation Supposedly the clown's murder was filmed And this recording was allegedly circulated around Nuevo Laredo Stop Yeah <sighs> That's oh, why no. like it kind of adds to how this story might be real supposedly and that that's just the local legend that supposedly like it was well i mean mur- he was actually murdered and the supposedly i don't know cuz i read on one article that the the video is um it was put on the internet somewhere i wouldn't want to see it
0: how how long ago did this happen 1980s, 1980s yes so, legend
1: says that the clown will continue to appear in Colonia Madero until this film is destroyed. Until then, he will continue to appear to unsuspecting people unlucky enough to drive down the street at night. Local rumors say that a group of teens went out looking for the phantom clown one year on Halloween night, and while they waited in Colonia Madero, they began to mock him. He manifested to them by possessing one of the girls in the group. The girl was taken to a priest who performed multiple exorcisms. Ugh, exorcisms for a whole week until the spirit left the girl's body there are supposed reporting sightings of the phantom clown to this day with photo evidence of the encounters and I actually found pictures and it's not um it kind of reminded me of that trend where remember how clowns which is during the off?
0: election time was it election time or yes, was it, it after? was like right before donald trump got elected Around that oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The f- yeah, like yeah. back in like 2016. So I don't know if
1: those pictures are from that, but there are some that um, could definitely be the ghost clown. I think this really happened. it just doesn't
0: look like
1: a real person. I don't know.
0: I think this really happened. Those pictures may not be real, but I think this really happened because in Mexico, it is not uncommon that towns, when they feel like justice has not been enacted... Mm -hmm. That they took justice upon themselves and didn't talk about it. Makes sense. That is something that happened a lot. People getting hung, shot, and then buried. That happened a lot.
1: Yeah. I mean, if it was that he stole money from them, like, yeah. So, that was the legend of El Fantasma Payaso de Nuevo Laredo.
0: Oh, hell yeah. You better post those pictures on Instagram because I'm going to be looking at them. Okay. Please do. That's scary. I t- plus 1. We have some good stuff today. We both did creepy stuff today. Yup. And let me tell
1: you, I was getting chills when I talked about um how he shows up like in the supposedly he shows up in your rear view mirror, like if you're looking back, he'll show up like in the back. Uh-huh. Um or next to you, like next to your what's it called? Passenger side. Uh-huh. Like at, at eye level. So when you turn, he's like already crouched down staring at you smiling. So and I kind of wanted to go more into detail of like clown fears cuz like you mentioned that there is a phobia about it. Uh-huh. Um but I think that kind of that's more of a recent thing. Cuz I think the concept of clowns has been kind of around everywhere. Um I guess for a very really long time I mean. But I think more, like, scary movies have kind of ruined that image and kind of made it scary. Also, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. And that can probably be my case for another month. But those two, specifically It, when I'm referring to movies, those have kind of spread this image about clowns, that they're scary, when before, I'm sure that they were considered, like, you know, something you see at children's parties and something silly and laugh at and approachable um but now because of movies that have come out um like it for example because that's the only one i can think of right now they've kind of ruined
0: that image for them Uh uh-huh i don't want to get weird with it or anything but like what really bothers me about people that there's and i'm not going to say that all clowns are like this right Mm -hmm. but there are certain people That put the makeup on to be a clown and their eyes don't match. Okay. And what I mean by that is like when you're a clown, you put that funny makeup on, you put those funny clothes on, and you jump around and you're dancing around, but their eyes look sad or their eyes look like they've seen something and it doesn't match the happiness and the like what it's supposed to be. Like Mm -hmm. you can tell that that person's been through a lot and they they got to that point and they don't want to be there i don't know how to explain it like i don't know if anybody will understand what i'm saying but not all people are like that yeah. some people like they put the they don it and i can tell that they genuinely like being a clown and their eyes just like look bright and that they like their job like they they want to be there okay. but it's like there are I certain people where it's like Oh, like this is where they ended up. Like they didn't actually want to do this. This person has been through a lot and they look sad. Like their eyes are sad. Their eyes doesn't don't match their their clown costume. Like
1: the clown persona. They
0: can dress all the all they want up, but like very much like the eyes are the windows to the soul. Okay. Or maybe that's what freaks me out about clowns. It's like the clown is like coming and they're like happy and running around and and like dancing and stuff but then in like the eyes just don't match what they're supposed to be it like it's almost like they're evil like their eyes are like ew that's weird i don't know how to okay. describe it no i know what you mean listeners you guys know what i mean okay that, i mean do i sound crazy does anybody know what i'm talking about like Yes, I know what you're saying. You asked like three like, times. Yes, y- we understand. I just... Uh, give me some validation. Yes, I... Totally, absolutely, 100%. Yep. Okay. Is, does any of our listeners understand what I'm saying? Yes, them they said yes. I heard them. Oh, yeah? Slay. Is it because we let it get really quiet so we can hear the chanting <laughs> and them saying yes? <laughs> oh, my yes? God. Stop. I'm going to bed after this. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be able to sleep.
1: Ooh, yeah i'll i'll share a picture of the um the the clown painting that i found that way we're all traumatized together like the hannah montana boot um so thanks for listening i'm doing the outro because your computer died
0: yeah it's shut now
1: thanks for listening please follow us on instagram at get podcast and on twitter at get pod also, email us any story suggestions or your own scary stories at goespookypodcasts at gmail.com. You're also welcome to send it to us in uh, Instagram or Twitter or uh, TikTok. I've had a few um, people reach out to me on TikTok. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, personal TikToks, because we don't actually like, have like, yeah, a spooky we don't, one. Yeah, we don't have one
1: for the, for the podcast. It's my own. So... I might send you accidentally some that I meant to send to other people. But that's okay. Just laugh. LOL. Sorry, Rachel. (laughs) Sorry, Rachel. (laughs) That's fine. Rachel is now part of my uh, friend group where I sent her anything funny. Yeah. Sorry. Once you're part of it, you can't leave. Yeah. Special thanks to Taylor Turner for the artwork and Kyle Fields for the intro music. And don't forget to tell someone you love how much they mean to you. Heart. I'm doing a heart. Is that it? Yeah. Can I say it. one more thing before oh we sign off? Oh my god.
0: Can I? Yes. Okay. Message to you guys. Don't be afraid. Right? But if you wake up in the middle of the night and you have to go to the restroom, turn the lights on and make sure not to look in the mirror. Shut the fuck up. Uh, everyone now is Goodbye. mad. Goodbye.